What do I want? It's a question that everyone eventually has to ask themselves. The key motivator for every action taken. The cause behind every effect. So, what do I want? I want to go to a sporting event in every major venue. I want to grow within my relationships with my friends and my family. I want the freedom to create without the fear of failure. I want to dream without being hindered by reality. I want to chase new passions, new experiences, and new goals. I want old milk to branch out of the box and try new things. I'm accomplishing some of these goals right now, and I know what I need to do to achieve the rest of them. However, the one thing you should take away from this commercial is, I want you to buy old milk merch. before we were like playing Madden and there were a couple people from the team there and like we weren't it wasn't like a party or anything we were literally like having a Madden to like you know what I mean like a real like nerded out like we're playing Madden um and the quarterback just didn't go to practice the next day it was like a bye week for a playoff game or like like whatever and he just didn't go he was like I'm not going and he was like at the tournament he told us the night before he's like I'm not going and my like and I was like friends with him for a long, like forever. You know what I mean? And my dad, like my dad was like, what was he there with you? I was like, yeah, I mean, he said he wasn't gone. <laughs> <laughs> he just, and he didn't, he sucked to his word. I mean, Hey man, there, there's, there's nothing better than someone who sticks to their word, I guess. Um, uh, yeah. It was interesting though. You know, <laughs> shout out to all the veterans out there on veterans day. Um, I real quick. I want to, last week we were talking about the Drake and 21 Savage album, and it's an album that I feel like it gets better the more you listen to it, but I just want to say the one thing, I was talking about interludes during that episode, and I was talking about how Young Newly has, has an interlude, and how um, Birdman has an interlude. But my favorite interlude, low-key, is the one on, on BS, where the guy's like, let me put my window down, I need fresh air. Like, that's just been stuck in my head all day, I just wanted to say that. Not even all day, all week, I just wanted to say that. So, let me put my window that's- down, I need fresh air. <laughs> That's why we listen to 21 and the boy. And the boy. We want bars. <laughs> no, um, how are you how are you doing today though? Uh good. Good. Weather out here in California is pretty perfect still. Um we're getting like real fall. It's it, like it hasn't been as hot out here as it's been everywhere else. Like it's been real fall weather out here. We're not like we I won't get winter weather, but really can't complain about can't complain about much. So how are you? I'm I'm good. I had a I had a really good night last night. I um I saw on some Instagram page that some taco spot was like having like free tacos and drinks and the the poster said while supplies last and boy were those supplies lasting. Let me just say that straight up. So, I got there and the line was like probably 40 minutes long and See, here's a, first of all, shout out to all the restaurants, the food establishments, whatever you want to call you guys, call yourselves or whatever. Shout out to all y'all who know customer service, like for real, for real, right? So we're standing there in that line for 40 minutes. First of all, the tacos are going to be free anyway. So 
we're we're just we understand that we are in line and we are making the sacrifice of our time to get free tacos right you're following me so far right so they come out and they give us samples of like little corn and stuff like that and it's like oh okay y'all really want me to come back here corn was amazing and you know and you know that gave them a point by the way but you know the thing that really really set them over the top they came around with the trash bag the trash bag yo Round of applause for the trash bag, man. Oh, that's not even loud enough. Round of applause for the trash bag, man. Because we could have just stood there for 20 minutes holding that little cup right there, like, and looking at what was, what could have been. Man, I wish I had more corn. Nope. Just get it away. That's not even a thought anymore. Were so, you, were you, were you, were you solo? Were you with a group of people? Were oh, you... no, I was, I was, I was with my friend. I was with one of my really, really close friends. Um, and we agreed that they got a point for the corn and they got a point for the trash bag as well. We got there. And first of all, it was my first time having like, you know, like the tacos with a dip and you yeah, dip it yeah. in there. That's my first time. That, that, that's, that's some good shit, man. <laughs> yeah. Straight up. Like that is, I love Mexican food and I never really, I don't know why I never really encountered that before, but it was my first time. Great, great time. The drinks were drinking, you know, the food was fooding and I don't know. Just had a great night. Ended up yeah, walking you, the bridge. You spent you spent a lot uh, a decent amount of time in LA, but like I feel like everyone who goes to LA, they go and they're like, and you never see tacos the same again. Like it's like a completely different. Like it's like the taco game changes after being out there. No, for sure. I I think that the one thing for me, I mean, I always like I could tell you a story about, and I'm sure I've probably told a story before about the worst nachos I ever had, but. I always knew that with um, Mexican food, especially like tacos, like the white corn tortilla is the superior tortilla. And I never really liked the flour tortillas or anything like that, unless it's like a quesadilla or whatever. But if it's like a taco or a burrito, but if it's a taco, then you need that white corn tortilla. And I think that that's the one thing that Los Angeles really illuminated for me. But aside from that, man, like aside from Los Angeles and obviously Mexico, New York probably has like the well, maybe Texas. Aside from the obvious areas, New York City has the best Mexican food in the world. I just want to say that. Um, that being said, are you ready to start? <laughs> yeah, of course. All right. This is episode 327. That is Taylor McLeod. I am Nate Sparlow. This is the cat podcast by old milk. It's your weekly tour through hip hop. Thank you for watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Amazon Music, and more. Do us a favor, hit the like button and subscribe to the channel. Comment below as we're talking to join the conversation. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Old Milk Media. And check out all the Old Milk content, oldmilk.co. That being said, today we are talking about Glorilla. Anyways, life's great, which that's a that's a, that's a a title that I hope that everyone can agree with at some point this year. Um, nine tracks long, 26 minutes long, featuring Cardi B, Yo Gotti, Nikki Poo, Hit Kid, um, it's her debut EP, so this is the first time she's ever released like a full body of work, like more than two songs together. Um, and again, join the conversation with us in the comments. Um, before we start, I do also want to acknowledge um, that we are not the target demographic for Gorilla at all. She is not making music for men in general. Like, let's be real here. Um, and additionally, um, the first couple of projects in any rapper's career are usually... They're the most interesting ones. Those are the ones where you really find the hidden gems and you really see the potential. Um, but that being said, Taylor, what were your first thoughts on Anyway, Life's Great? Uh, it's certainly a debut EP. And I don't mean that in any 
like like I don't mean that in any kind of way. It's like that this is how it this is how it's supposed to go. Like you you might have a song or two that are buzzing. I mean, obviously not a whole lot of people have like someone as big as Cardi B on their debut EP. Um especially not being from like the same spot as them. You get it a lot like where like obviously Drake has done it a million times with Toronto, like artists from Toronto or even obviously like that's probably not the best example. Let me put my window down. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I need fresh air. Um, I thought like it's a debut EP, and I my biggest takeaway from the entire thing is that you can tell that she's in a place where she really cares about this, and this isn't like a this doesn't feel as much like a lot of new artists nowadays where it's like, all right, this is gonna be like a a a, a part of me becoming famous. It's that I make music too. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I'm like the influencer. I make music. I, you know what I mean? I have Got like clothes. a merch line. I have, yeah, exactly. Um, And to me, that you, you can just really like tell that she cares about rap, which as like, like that's what we are here for. You know what I mean? I like, I, like I, is this for us? No. Do I think it's the best rap we've heard this year? No. But there's a level of care with it that's like, all right, cool. Like it's 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 the beginning, and you can tell that it's the beginning. And with like a cosign from someone as big as Cardi B, and with the backing of CMG, uh, like I think it's a it's a foundational piece, and I think it would be disingenuous to disingenuous to oh my god, disingenuous <laughs> to look at it in any other way. Yeah. Um. As my let me fix this really quickly. All right, there we go. It's like Ed, Ed and Eddie, you know, like Ed, Ed and Eddie. Um, yeah. At the when they have the little kid. All right. Anyway, that's that's something for like the nineteen ninety three and up. Well, nineteen ninety babies. Let me just say that. Anyway, regardless, back to um, I agree with your points. First off, um, I think that this is, I think the overall goal for a project like this should just be to show the potential. And I think that there was so many moments on this project where the potential is shown. There are some parts where um, it's clear that she needs some polishing. Um, we'll get to those later, but again, FNF is a hit. Tomorrow too is a hit. Um, I really like the out loud thinking too. I really like that um, component to it. I feel like most of the most of the songs were really things that they were more, abrasive if you will they were more um over the table if you will in terms of the messages that were being get, getting across and i feel like thinking out loud was more of a or out loud thinking excuse me was more like a song where she kind of takes a step back and she kind of tells us a little bit more about her story i think that um that's really the main part that i'm interested in i think from what it appears it appears that the reason why she's caught on so quickly is because of how relatable her lyrics are to people. And I think that is something that one is becoming more, um, it's more common with like the rappers coming out now, things that you could relate to. Um, but also with that, if you were going to build your rap platform on that, the audience needs more songs where they can be like, oh, okay, so this happened to you and now this is why you feel this type of way. I can relate to something similar like that. Um, so yeah, th those are really my first initial thoughts. Additionally, I think that her accent makes her rhyme scheme very hard to catch on to. 
um, I was talking with you, Taylor, and other people about like just trying to figure out where the rhymes were from time to time. And even on FNF when it first came out, I didn't really realize the rhyme scheme until someone actually broke it down for me. Um, so that's definitely an adjustment that I'm going to have to make. I don't really think there isn't another, there's definitely not another rapper, um, out there with such a heavy accent like that. I think that additionally, especially on the first half, it kind of feels like she's trying too hard. Like, I don't really think that she really settles in and really shows that confidence of I'm supposed to be here until the second half of the project from like tomorrow to on, Well, that's not the second half, maybe the, um, the last two thirds of it, um, also, I think that, and the last thing before I pass it back to you, Taylor, is that in my years of watching basketball, I've realized that uh, player success is really a lot about the positions that the team puts them in to be successful. The team, if, uh, for example, Steph Curry, for example, for example, Steph Curry, um, when you have a general manager who puts the pieces around him so that he can thrive then you see how great he of a basketball player he's able to become. And that adds on to his legacy. And I feel the same way about Glorilla with CMG. I think that it's going to be really key and it's going to be really interesting to see the positions that they try to put her in for her to grow her brand and grow her, um, just grow national awareness of her music. Um, uh, because she's definitely one of the most, if yeah, she's definitely one of the most unique woman rappers that we have just the, I hear some people kind of compare her to young boy in a way. And I do kind of see it where it's, you just, again, the music isn't for me, but I can see how, because of how relatable it is, she's just one of those rappers where you just feel it, whatever she says. Um, so because of that, how is CMG able to capitalize on having such a genuine rapper who has a talent clearly needs a little bit of polishing and also may need a lot of artistic development. Yeah, I think I think that's a decent point and I think it's an interesting it's an interesting window into just how things operate right now where you go from having a Twitter hit and I feel like because I'm, I'm not on TikTok like that, so maybe it blew up over there first and then made it to Twitter. But in terms of my exposure, it's definitely like a Twitter hit, and then you get the Twitter buzz. And the thing that the thing that's difficult nowadays is that you – this happens, you know what I mean? You get that – you get signed to CMG, you get the backing of CMG, and then all of a sudden, within months, it feels like, of learning of Glorilla, we have like an iTunes project. You know what I mean? iTunes, Spotify, when – it used to be like, no, it was going to, and I, I probably sound like a broken record bringing this up. Like every time we talk <laughs> about pretty much every single album, but like, it's, it's, it's different. Like it used to be like, all right, no, this is a mixtape. This is an EP. This gets to you differently. This, you know what I mean? Like even the cost was different. Like an EP on iTunes when we were, when we were younger, it was like five ninety nine or seven ninety nine. The album would be like eleven ninety nine or whatever it was. And see, so there was a, a way to distinguish and now with, with, with I, something like this. Wait, real quick. Yeah, can I can I actually um interject a little bit? So in my looking for the CMG roster, I came across this like the only website that CMG really has is like the shop page. 
and the EP is the only thing that they're selling right now. And I believe it's like $5.99. And the, you could get the autographed version from Glorilla for $10, I want to say, like $10 or $11. So just um, adding to your point about the difference no, between albums and EPs. I'm glad that you brought that up. And it's it's good to know that it's being sold in organic, especially with that, like the autograph way. It's like, it's good to know that that's happening because like you, you get this, you get this project, right? And it, on iTunes, at least it's, it's 12 songs. You know what I mean? But the last three are music videos. So like, it's like a 12 song and it has like the Dolby Atmos. And like, obviously that's just like a sound thing, but it's still like, you get all the bells and whistles of like, the the drake 21 album that we got a week ago when it's not it's not remotely the same thing and that's not to say it shouldn't all be in the same place but there's a the the presentation of it i could see how it could confuse someone into being like all right if they hear this and they're like hang on this is like her first album it's like no no this is like this, a couple months a, they didn't even call a, it a mixtape they called right. it an ep right exactly this is a couple months into a rap career and it's like we're we're putting these together and this is like the first attempt, like, yeah, it has Cardi B on it. Um, but like it's still the first go around. So I think that's important to keep in mind. And like what you said, where it's like the there might be a need for certain development in certain areas, or you know, like whether you know, if you're really, really nitpicking the rhyme scheme and stuff, but I think the most important thing about like about Glorilla specifically, first of all, the name's great. Like yeah. the name is like something yeah. that like it it works perfectly. You can easily attach an emoji to it too. Right. And but what you said though is like you just believe what she's saying. You believe it. You trust it because of how how genuine it feels. Like there's a feeling to it and it doesn't feel like it's like all manufactured and trying to like distract you with certain things to like make you realize that there's nothing behind it. It's like, no, like we're getting a lot of what's behind it. And it, like the, the front facing product might be where it's like lacking a little bit. And honestly, for a first attempt, I would rather have that. Um, I think one of the biggest things that this project says to me, though, is and this isn't to take away from Glorilla at all. It's how like Cardi B is so important. And especially like oh, is, it time, is it time to talk about Cardi? Oh, boy. It doesn't even have to be time to talk. Like, <laughs> like she's she's so important in the way that like she shows love to so many people. Yes and puts people on and it's not and i hate to, like and i'm not trying to make like sir anything because i don't ultimately i don't like i don't care this you is not I mean? for us like, this is not for us it's not even that it's not for us but it's like there's only so many times yeah. you can like try to manufacture beef between cardi b and Nicki minaj and like compare them and contrast them and it's like well Nicki came up at a much much different time than cardi b like she was you know what i mean almost a decade ahead where it was very different so like while certain things are inexcusable, like her defensiveness is is more understandable in in the same way that Cardi B's like welcoming of like other other people and willingness to get on songs with other people and shout out people on on socials and really like really support people. Like there are way very clear ways to like understand why it's that, but like this project specifically and just like how hard she goes on tomorrow too, it just it speaks to how important Cardi B is in hip hop right now. And I don't want that to get lost on people. And I know that like the the quote unquote real heads will tell you that 2018 was Cardi B's year and her her album was like the one that year. And like, you know what I mean? Like it was. And so it like there's a it's kind of preaching the choir in a way, but there are some people who are like, I don't like whatever it's you know what I mean? It's like it doesn't. And it's like, no, like 
she's a pillar of the genre right now and her extending like an olive branch like across labels across regions across everything is really important i i just want to talk about her verse that's tomorrow two is probably aside from no limit by g Easy, which cardi b carries tomorrow two is probably the best verse i ever heard from her and there are a lot of verses from cardi b i like um the way that cardi b first of all cardi b also shooting the music video with glorilla 2 says a lot because there are yeah. a lot of times where um big name artists hop on songs with artists who are just now starting and the song gets a music video and the big name artist is nowhere to be found. So I really appreciate that as well. It really seems that Cardi B is, um, she's not threatened by, like she wants everybody from the outside looking in, it seems like she wants everybody around her to succeed because she understands that um, like women in rap won't really, it won't really be as successful as it could be if everyone's just beefing with each other. Um, although beef is a part of rap and in time, certain times it's good, but there's just like at a point where it's too much and it starts to become a negative um, to the genre or the subgenre, if you will. Um, but I don't know, just, just Cardi B rhyme with my twin in them. And we all look like, come on, like she's like the, the flow. You also see the artist development in Cardi B's career as well. Um, I, <laughs> there are some lines in my head that I probably shouldn't quote. Cause again, it's not for me, but like, I just love that verse so much. And again, the only other comparable verse from in Cardi B's um, discography to me, at least personally is her verse on no limit, which again, she carries. Um, additionally, um, Macaroni Tony is, has one of my favorite producer tags right now. If you ever watch um, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends, um, that episode when Mac imagines cheese, that annoying ass, um imaginary friend and he's just like cheese his name is cheese and you hear it on tomorrow too you hear it on bless you hear it on uh uh um so i really appreciate that as well kind of gave me that cartoon network nostalgia that i'm always looking for um so overall i think that when you take into account what this album or excuse me what this ep is supposed to do for gorilla i think that it accomplishes that goal my only question is how long well I have a point and then I have a question. My point is that I think that, and we're looking at it with Ice Spice too, where we're watching before, when you look at someone like, I'll take 21 Savage, for example, and you have Savage Mode come out and that's really the first time that he's nationally known. But then there are like three projects before that. And typically that's what it was like before an artist, whether it's an album, a mixtape or whatever, a hit song or whatever, you go back and even the baby before he was nationally known um like they were albums or projects before and i think that with ice spice and glorilla this is we're really being ushered into a new hip-hop age where you're again you're seeing the the first time that they it's kind of backwards in a way where the national hit comes first and now it's like okay now you need to put the body of work behind this to prove that you actually belong and I think that it's just going to be interesting to see because I think that they're going to be subject to so much scrutiny that the rappers who came before them just weren't subjected to because they just weren't on a national stage on the same level as um, yeah. Ice Spice or Glorilla. So it's going to be really interesting to see how they navigate that. I hope that it doesn't get too 
toxic for them. And I hope that people are understanding where they are in their careers. Like the fact that their hip hop careers are literally just starting. Um, and I hope that people give both of them grace for that. Yeah. And I think that brings up two, two oh, important discussions. But go ahead. Oh, no. Huh? I, I was my, my question was just going to be like, what is the turnaround from this project, this EP to an actual debut album or an actual Got debut tape? Gotcha. Yeah. I think that the way you put it where the beginning is so visible now is it's like it's like it's like a terrifying thing to think about honestly because it's like people are people are blowing up with one song like one song and it's like yeah there's always been one hit wonders and it might just get like presented to you in a different way but now especially because especially because rap is such an album driven genre at least for the people who are the loudest in criticism. Like for some people, I, I I understand that it's like a very playlist driven thing. And it's like very much like, no, I want this song and this song and this song. And they're fine with that. I think previous artists were under so much more scrutiny about their albums, mm -hmm. but it gave, it gave, it gave them time, especially before artists were expected to drop every single year. I mean, you could go three, four, five years between albums and you have that whole time and it might be like scrutiny in between. You might drop a couple tapes to hold people over or whatever, but like the scrutiny was so different. And it, I mean, it's nice to see that like Glorilla turned around in just a couple of months and like has an EP now. And we haven't seen that yet from Ice Spice, but that kind of leads into my second second point is that I think it's probably time to like adjust the New York Mount Rushmore. You know what I mean? Because you have like Biggie, Hove, Nas, and Ice Spice. So it's like, <laughs> like that's what I'm. That's like I think that's the most logical. You a Spice Cadet? Oh, of course, <laughs> of course. I mean, I respect the, it. I respect it. The, the more at least you're not calling yourself a munch. Hey, the more criticism that gets like lobbed, these people like lobbed at these at these artists. The more I'm like very very much willing to be like completely open-minded and like like whoever's telling whoever's like hey get on the spongebob sample i understand that's a wave right now but it's like at some point that won't be and at some point that will be looked back on as like hey like what i don't know what you were doing but i like all the criticism of it only makes me want to be like all right like i'm in you know what i mean all the people who are like oh like it's like no nah, like what do we what do we and i'm like i'm not like that's not it's not helpful. It doesn't, it doesn't help anyone. I'm, I'm like, yeah, the Mount Rushmore thing, like obviously a joke, yeah. but the people who like automatically want these people and it, it like, it's not just women, it's everybody. It's every single art. They, the, they want like Illmatic from them. Right. Like, like at, at 19, their first album to be like that. And it's like, but if someone gave you that right now, all people would do a complaint that there's no, like, there's no bangers on it, that there isn't the TikTok song. <laughs> Like, so it's like, an, it's, it feels like an impossible situation. Can't win, yeah. Right. It feels like an impossible situation. And that's why an EP like this is so important because it's just like, it feels like a throwback to a time where you could just put that first project out and see what happens from there. And you, you like, it's, it's building blocks. It's not, you don't have to have, you don't have to have a platinum record out of the gates because it's like, that's not, that's not feasible. I mean, even I think of, I think of, a recent example of this to me is honestly like someone like Jack Harlow where people like what's popping happening and everyone's like oh he has one song and it's like well no if you look he had tapes before that you know what I mean and like 
the the FNF and then tomorrow too. It's like, yeah, we have those two, but this is like the, the, the tapes before that have those two songs on them. So it's a little different, but like, this is supposed to be the building block. And I just hope that it's viewed like that. And it's not like, cause there's moments on this, like the, the hook on, uh, uh-uh. like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like the whole, like, I, like, that's not, I don't want to see that again. I don't want to hear that again, but it's like, there's they're supposed to be room for those mistakes. They're supposed to be. And I'm just hoping that, that Glorilla and this project specifically is handled that way. And not so much, not so much like, Oh, well that, that, that nine song EP that you dropped four months after you started rapping or four months after you broke on Twitter wasn't very good. So I'm out forever. Yeah. No, for sure. I, I think as I, I was listening to you speak, I think another example of that would be actually Lil Tecca um, because Ransom came out and then you have the albums that come out after. Um, so I don't know. I think that I just, I just really hope that Glorilla and Ice Spice aren't being put in situations where their first song blows up and then despite them being able to make really good music in the future, people are like, well, this isn't, this isn't Munch or this isn't FNF, this isn't Tomorrow too. Like you fell off. Like, I just really hope that people just remain patient and have grace and really appreciate watching artist development in real time, which is something that we've been complaining for on this podcast for the whole year that it's basically something that isn't, it's not as, um, it's not as common as it used to be. So I'm just really excited to watch how the Glorilla story unfolds for sure. Um, but what are your favorite tracks? Uh, no More Love, Tomorrow 2, and Out Loud Thinking. I got Tomorrow 2, FNF, and Out Loud Thinking as well. Um, all right. This has been the Cat Podcast, episode 327. Thank you for watching. Share your thoughts on any ways. Life's great in the comments below. Do us a favor, hit the like button and subscribe to the channel. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Old Milk Media. Check out the Old Milk Spins plays on Spotify and YouTube. And check out all the Old Milk content at oldmilk.co. That being said, we will be back when hip hop tells us to be, which is soon because Nas dropped King's Disease 3. And you know, we got to talk about that. So that being said, we are out.